I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the recap of stage 15 of the Giro d'Italia, the last stage before the second rest day, as well as the Vuelta a Burgos forward stage women's race in the north of Spain today finished up. I think there was Rundum Cole Köln as well, but didn't catch that one. But the Giro stage, the only mountaintop finish in the second week with a soft mountaintop finish too from Riverolo Canavese to Cogna. This is in the Valle d'Osta region where I've also gone hiking. I managed not to injure myself on those occasions, but I did <laughs> see some goats. 178 Ks, including the Pilo Le Fleur, 12.2 Ks, 7%. And it has, I think, French is, no, I don't think French is spoken in this region as well, near the French border. Then the Veronia climb, which was included in the Courmayeur stage in which Carapaz took a lot of time on Nibali and Roglic in 2019, hardest climb of the day, 14K, 7.1% descent, and then the 22K, 4% climb to Konya, which is 4.5K, 8% at the start and then gradually gets less and less steep with the last 10Ks of this really being nothing more than false flat uphill. Uh, so before we get into the main action of the stage, which was at the start, unfortunately, a word on our show partner Zwift. For stages like this, or if it's a heat wave like it is in this region or in Andorra at the moment, Zwift with the fan on was the perfect go-to today for me. And if you want to check it out yourself and stay on top of your fitness goals in rain, hail, heat wave, or shine, you can go to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial and bring a friend or meet up with a friend using the meetup functionality in Zwift. Thanks, as always, to Zwift for being the presenting sponsor of the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. But the break, Benji, just refused to go, ever. Yeah, it took so long for a break to actually get away on this stage. You must like notice that the initial part of the stage is super flat. So usually on those terrains, it's a bit harder to have like a fierce breakaway battle. But people just kept rolling down towards the front then, trying to counter every attack that happened then. One of the teams that was intriguing when they tried to go in the breakaway was Yumbo, very active to try and get multiple riders in there. Also, at a certain point, Cavendish and Demar were trying to mingle themselves because what they were trying to do, I think, is probably not even related to the intermediate sprint, but related to the fact that if they go into the breakaway and the breakaway goes relatively easily at the start of the stage, then they can sit in that breakaway, have an advantage on the peloton, and therefore have an easier day against the time limit today. And perhaps that's what they were trying, but they did not get in the eventual breakaway. Diego Rosa, very active to be in the breakaway as well, but unfortunately, he blew so many attacks initially on this stage that by the time they reached the actual KOM points, he was dropped off the peloton already. So it was not going to be a KOM day for Diego Rosa on this day. It was uh, a day where Kun Baumann felt like he was going to take revenge for the breakaway because he was in there and he was about to uh, try and snipe everybody for every single one of these KOM points on today's stage, stealing it. Uh, the Malia Rosa from Diego Rosa. I just wanted to get Amalia that Rosa. out of the way. 
Maya Azura. Oh my god. Yeah. The, the final of the stage Jesus, brought me asleep, mate. I'm waking up again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it almost was like a full two hour battle, 50Ks an hour on the flat. Uh, and yeah, it formed on some rollers. Ineos let it go. And then, I mean, maybe this is a consequence of Don Juanpe not being here. Don Juanpe is more likely to control things. And he says, okay, boys, we're going for a P now. Let this break go. Without him, with Carapaz and the Malia Rosa, not happening. But yeah, huge break. Multiple teams represented with multiple riders. EF with Kudus Carthy Court. DSM with Tushfeld, Denz, Aronsman. Alperson with DeBont and MVP, uh, and Yumbo with Omen, Afini, maybe, definitely Omen, and definitely Bowman. So it's a question of do you want to pull this break along? Chicone there with Mollimer, I think, or do you want to try and play those numbers? And yeah, Bowman was aggressive. It was like the. Well, it was on the Pilot Le Fleur climb, yeah, the first one. It was like the Caruso or Mica attacks in the Vuelta going really, really long. It's just Bowman does not have the climbing quality of those two riders. He was caught by, and this is the huge, well, I thought it was a mistake at the time, particularly for EF, and it maybe did cost him in the end. EF did not mark properly the moves from the other teams that were represented by multiple riders. You cannot let Alperson, DSM, and Yumbo go up the road, particularly on that descent, because then they had to completely spend kudos on the second last climb. They were going for Carthy today on the Verona climb. Carthy said he was quite tired at the base of that climb. They were having to chase, and then he had to solo bridge to that group on the second last climb. This is with 55, 60 Ks to go, the hardest climb of the day. So they didn't EF put themselves in relatively the strongest position to succeed. I would say DSM did, yeah. uh, but Aronsman just didn't have it today. But back in the GC group, on that Veronia climb, Benji, Ineos just had Puccio Swift pace first climb, Puccio Swift second climb, 4.5 watts per kilo, probably 5 watts per kilo, keeping it big group. UAE, in the very few shots we saw of the GC group, which, by the way, producers, please show the GC group more often, Ulysses started to pace for Almeida. What, what is the rationale for that? It was intriguing because, like, if Ulysses is pacing there, you would start to think, okay, they're going to try something. And at that very moment, we saw that Formula and Costa were both starting to drop at the front from the breakaway. So I was thinking, are they going to try and form some kind of attack? But it's illogical if Ineos still has like everybody except Pucho at that time. Even Pucho was probably still in the group at that point when Ulisi was starting to pace. And eventually that led to Pucho being dropped, which is one of the riders of Ineos and definitely not the goal that Yui had set out. And we started to notice that Eventually, Formolo dropped to that Peloton group as well. He did a bit of work, and it felt like he did like max a minute of work to the point where Ineos basically decided to like uh, ride past him and just say like, "Nah." Bentalet was like, "Nope, it's not gonna happen, man." Formolo, what are you doing? And Ineos just kept on pacing, and then Costa gradually came back towards the front again at the front in the breakaway. So. Was there a plan by UAE Team Emirates to do something? Was there a plan to, for example, attack at the top of Vergonia, the second last climb? That'd be weird because Almeida's descending is not great. And you would think, well, where else can they attack? It's the start of the final climb that they can do something. But if Ineos is with so many riders, then this will not work. So 
I didn't see any way where UE could actually get something out of this stage at that point. Either when it comes to gaining time on competition that is notable enough to invest a team effort here or another attack that would do something here. So I didn't know what they were planning and eventually it didn't look like it led anywhere. Completely pointless. I have no idea what they were doing. And yeah, like if anything, pace with Ulysses on that final 4K, 8% climb and keep Formal low, keep Costa ahead. Like it makes absolutely no sense, but I've given up trying to figure out what's happening over there anyway <laughs> in the breakaway we had the mvdp dropping on that climb he completely cracked bowman actually blew up he didn't make it over the top of the second climb and we had carthy bridging over to a group of chicone uh costa was chasing back on Buitrago and tushveld i think so Carthy made his way back over. I thought he was going to attack them. Chicone was pulling, surging a little bit. Trago was playing coy, but that group made it over the top. Carthy, Tushfeld, Butrago, Chicone, and we went into the descent. Butrago again, like Carthy's not a good descender. He kept losing Chicone's wheel, and then having a, again spending energy before the pivotal final kick up forget about gc nothing happens from here on out it's all about the breakaway we get to that final 4k eight percent and then it's a false light afterwards and then carthy goes for a big attack he's reeled in by chicone well chicone starts to pull him back Petrago's sitting on him he's like no nah, not pulling you attacks him gets to carthy attacks him carthy sits on him for a bit and then blows up completely and Chicone goes solo with Petrago and Carthy at the car 30 seconds back then you know it's done once he gets to the false flat uphill I think it was tailwind as well impossible to bring back so Chicone goes and wins the stage in Konya listen not the uh not the best mountain stage you'll ever see 131 ahead of Petrago 219 ahead of Pedrero sorry Pedrero was also in that group uh, but he chased all alone for like an hour, but he must have gone past Carthy. Carthy at 3.09, Tushfeld on 4.36. The only action from the GC group was Guillaume Martin, the philosopher, attacking over the top <laughs> of the second last climb. No one reacted, and he took two minutes. I think, no, he took 150 or 140 on the GC group by pretty much riding his threshold or tempo because no one really cared because if you look at GC, the only people he's taking time on are people that don't care. Jan Hit, he's riding for Pozzo. Is he? Yeah. I think they're trying to get both in GC for UCI points. Or nah. do they not care about UCI points anymore? No, well, it's hard to know because Hit, I don't think he could help if he even if he like wanted to yesterday, but I don't mm-hmm. think Intermarche care about UCI points. They're so they shouldn't. They're so clearly yeah. safe. So yeah, they're not. They don't care enough that they're going to pace Guillaume Martin back for Jan Hitz ninth on GC. So <laughs> Martin took some time, and at the end, it was I think Carapaz sprinted for the line, and I'm not sure. We haven't seen the official results yet whether he's been credited with a second on the group. PCS says no. So yeah, not much of a not a stage I'll remember for the rest of my life, Benji. Yeah, certainly. It was kind of expected that we'd have a stage like this after yesterday that we wouldn't see too much GC action, and it is unfortunately exactly that. The initial part of the stage was spectacular, though, the fight for the breakaway. I think it's always underestimated how hard it is to get into the breakaway. I've spoken with so many riders during this Giro that 
wanted to be in the breakaway and never really got in there because you ha- you got to have some luck with the fact that nobody else responds to your move that you're in. And you also need to have like the strength to try it multiple times to actually be able to get in that breakaway eventually because you'll have to be really lucky if you only go once and that's the real one that actually goes. Like Kemna, for example, we spoke about him being so good at getting into breakaways and actually getting something out of that, but he's tried so many times and for a few days now he's tried and not actually gotten into the right one. That actually goes. And in the end, like I think that Kemna is still one of those stronger breakaway riders, but when it comes to Chikone, now that he's not going for GC, how would you rate him versus Kemna in breakaways? Uh, I would still take Kemna over Chikone. I think Chikone is a h- probably higher level. Um, like fifth at Lombardia is a pretty good result. He's got tenth at Tirreno this year, but I think Kemna overall is a bit smarter in breakaways. But yeah, Kemna tried. You saw what you're talking about, Benji. Diego Rosa, he got dropped on the yeah. flat because he tried to get in the break and then completely cooked himself. It's just not as easy as... Like, I've been guilty of it saying, get in the break, get in the break. It's like, you don't just put your hand up at the start of the stage and say, I'm going in the break, and then you guys get to go (laughs) in the break. That's not how it works. Uh, But we've got a big week of racing ahead, and GCN Plus, the supporting sponsor of the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast, Jira coverage has you covered, not just the Jira's got a rest day tomorrow, but tomorrow they have coverage of Ellen Van Dyke's our record attempt make sure you tune into that i think she's pretty good chance of beating that she's a huge engine tuesday the tour of norway starts that has even a pole and friend of the podcast jay vine as well as enemy lining up so i we, disagree <laughs> what we will well, who's not your enemy, enemy. He's your not one's enemy. julius oh julius from them better for ruining the pascal breakaway a few days ago my street less because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Julius was Julius was the first one to sit up in that breakaway. So I'm blaming him. All right. So Benji has an enemy. My enemy is at Tour of Norway against Vine Navenapol. That's available in all GCN Plus territories. No restrictions, as well as a circuit circuit de Wallonie on Thursday, uh, and the Boucle de la Mayenne on Thursday to Sunday. Everywhere except France. So even if you that's all live and on demand. So if you're watching the Giro live and want to catch up on those races, GCM Plus is your place to go. All right, Benji, rest day tomorrow. The Giro, it's only getting started. Still small gaps. Let's remind everybody of what the GC positions are going into that second rest day. Carapaz first, seven seconds behind is Hindley, 30 behind is Almeida, the best time trialist of all of them, Lander on 59. Pozzo on 101, Bilbao 152, Buchmann two minutes. So, and Nibali 258. Juan Pei will just try and survive for top 10. He's on 404, then there's a huge gap to gear. I think Ineos were clearly being defensive today. But going into this third week, which they've heavily, heavily backloaded in terms of parkour difficulty, I think Bora have to be extremely happy what do you, if you're Lander, are you still going for the win? Are you still going out for a knockout blow in the third week? I think he's still like 59. That can, that's not that much if you go hard on these big mountain stages to come. Yes, certainly. And he's like close to that podium as well. I think he first wants to set his eyes on the podium and try and slip onto that, try and hope for some weakness in the likes of an Almeida, a Henley, or a Carapaz somehow. Won't be easy. But next to that, 
I feel like Landa can be the defensive option at Bahrain while Bilbao can try and do the larger moves because he's sitting in that sixth spot. He can be the rider that they want to risk more with and therefore he might be able to attack in a descent somewhere. We'll talk about the stages like of the of the next week in the rest day pod, right? Yeah, we'll go through all the stages then. But yeah, I'm sort of trying to assess who is happiest on the bus right now. I think Bora. Because they have the best domestique, I think. I would take Kelderman over Port, over Castro, who looked okay today. But yeah, I would take uh, I'd take Kelderman maybe over Bilbao. They've got two of the best domestiques. Because like Buchmann's not necessarily nah, a domestique, domestique yet. He's still seven. But Useless. the second he loses more time, he's going to be a domestique. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's useless. I disagree with you. I'll wait to he's see He's actually... It. He's riding really well at the moment. He's still seventh. I feel like he's more likely to try attacking stuff than Hindley in the next week uh, to like upset things. But when it comes to Bora's position, we have to keep in mind that the final time trial benefits Almeida over Hindley and Akarapas, for example. So I'd argue that Hindley and Akarapas need to gain time by that time trial, which is doable looking at the parkour of the third week if Almeida stays on the same level. But if Almeida starts to improve and is able to climb better at a certain point then there might be some danger there i think all three in the top three have the chance of winning this race and i don't know about landa personally i just don't see him winning this Giro. but hey this could be proving me wrong in another week i just feel like his fight is with the podium even though he should probably still fight for for the victory himself personally but when it comes to like the rest of the top 10 can i just tell you that Vincenzo Nibali is closer in GC than the moment that Steven Kreisweg rode into that snow barrier at the Giro that Nibali ended up winning in the final week. Like, imagine, just imagine Vincenzo Nibali doing something crazy in week three. I'm down for it. I kind of don't believe in it, but I also didn't believe that he would be this good at the moment. He's in better shape now than in that race in 2016. Like his level is is better or at yep. least equal, so which is mental. But the level of the other riders has gone up. Yeah, I was being facetious saying Bookman, but I was just more referring to on the flat yesterday. People don't realize it was Hindley pulling with Bookman yep. in the wheels. So Bora should be very very happy with their position. But at the end of the day, as Benji said, it only matters if you use Bookman to attack in this third week, which we expect and think they should do at some point because Carap has you know, put pressure on Castro and Port and Sivakov to try and be there. They might not even be there. Uh, otherwise, but yeah, that's all from us. Uh, Giro d'Italia related. We'll have the rest day recap tomorrow. Otherwise, in cycling, there was the Vuelta a Burgos. Now, bit of a shame. We I had the laptop up. Benji did as well. We were ready to watch the Laguna Stenaya mountaintop finish. Yesterday on stage three, Mavi Garcia won. Uh, solo, 12 seconds ahead of Music. Lippert won the bunch sprint. So I, I called Lippert for the win, but she won the bunch sprint. Most importantly, Demi Volring kind of fell through the eyes yesterday, losing, I think, 49 seconds on that third stage, which is something I didn't necessarily expect on that stage. And I think there were some crash in the race as well, but eventually the riders that were likely to do well on this mountain stage were still looking decent, except that Volring fell through the eyes. And I was like, okay, what does this mean? Like, is this like an outcome of her crash a week earlier that she's not 100% pulled through yet or not? And perhaps we'd see that on Laguna Zanaya, but we wouldn't see anything on Laguna Zanaya. 
Yeah, unfortunately, there was no coverage. We do know that ST Works put Kopecky in the breakaway. I think there were some other riders in the break, and then FDJ were pulling, and then uh, ST Works, according to the live tracker, took it up on the climb. We presume Demi Vollering attacked. Well, because she must have, because she won the stage. But when we, <laughs> we did see coverage from the fixed cams with about 300 meters to go, we could see that Juliette Labou the young French rider on DSM, yeah. 23 years old, was not very far behind Demi Vollering. And she was close on GC. She hadn't lost that big amount of time on stage three. Same with Evita Muzic on FDJ. And so Vollering was clearly going to win the stage, but that gap was not huge. So Vollering took the win, but Labou was able to take a big upset GC win, winning a World Tour GC race ahead of SD Works and Vollering. Music even coming second on GC. She just got over the line enough to beat Vollering. I think they're on the same time. With Krista Dobell-Hickok on EF Education, Tibco Silicon Valley Bank, 33-year-old coming fourth. Good climber, it seems. She did really well. On Laguna Stenaya, 44 seconds with Ludwig fifth. So I don't know, Benji. They had no Moorman. Vollering crashed, but we saw last year, I think AVDB and Van Vloot were another level above Vollering here. This doesn't bode that well for SD Works mounting a challenge against Anamique in the tour. Not necessarily, you're right. And it really depends on whether this is just like, well, she did like win this stage, Demi Vollering, but. I, I don't feel like it's as strong as Van Vleuten can do and stuff like that. And it's a bit of a shame that Molman was not at this race because I would have loved to see how they would have worked well together. They probably would have won to this stage, most likely, I would guess. And I would have loved to see who they would have played out as the final person and whether Molman would have survived stage three properly and therefore would have had a chance of winning this race, for example. And just the dynamics of that team just before the Tour de France Femme would have been intriguing to follow, but there's so many things I, I want to mention before the Tour de France Femme. Vita Muzic came back from her injury, getting third on Laguna Zanaya, looking really, really good, 37 seconds back, and that means that she's going to be fighting with Labou most likely for that first French spot in the Tour de France Femme, and I think Labou doing a top five at the Tour de France Femme was one of my hot takes at the start of the season, and I'm starting to get more and more belief in it as well, because her season so far has been Becoming better and better. I'm low-key becoming a bit of a fan of Juliette Labou. And I think it started off slow in Valenciana, but in the Hill Classic, she got 5th at Brabant, 11th at Amstel, 12th at LBL. That's looking pretty good. And then got better at Itzulia Women, where she got 5th in the end in GC. Strong performance. And now winning this Vuelta Burgos, it's like gradually moving up and gradually moving up. And she's a real competitor for that top 5 in GC now, I dare to say, in that Tour de France Femme. And I look forward to seeing that. But also... When it comes to like the rest of FDG for Muzic there, like Grace Brown in this race, she's been more of a, a domestique and attacking type for those stages earlier. I've got a feeling that she's going to be a pure domestique and stage hunter in the Tour de France Femme, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, on Laguna Stenaya last year on the Pure Climbs, I think she came a minute nine behind Van der Breggen and Van Vleuten. The big shame for the race was Roy Acker's uh, not starting stage yep. three, which we haven't updated you on. And as a reminder, she was the big contender for the stage win and probably GC. She might have, I think she would have beaten Labou. And if she didn't have the off day Vollering had, she would have won GC. Yep. She came 15 seconds behind Vollering last year when Vollering, I think, was on a better climbing level. 
uh, on Lagunas Denaya, fourth on the stage with the two big guns, uh, AVV and AVDB ahead of her. And speaking of Muzic's improvement, she was 134 behind last year, which was 114 behind Vollering, and so much, much closer uh, this year. But, yeah, same with Royak. Yeah, Royakas, big shame. Is it? I'm not going to say definitively that this was the best following because she crashed and we were surprised. I was surprised she yeah. started this race, so winning the stage. I mean, you can only do so much. Just a weird stage yesterday. But that was Burgos. A bit of a shame, again, that we've had two Women's World Tour races overlapping with the Giro and the lack of the live coverage in particular for the best stage today. Uh, whatever the reason was for that, I'm not sure, but it is a shame. Um, there's not really much more to say uh, on that one. What do you think? Yeah, who do you think FDJ should go for in GC? Music, right? Nah, uh, nah. I, I'm, I'm doubting. I'm honestly doubting because, like, I feel like Cecilia Triple Cavalli, and Music, all three being in that team, it wouldn't surprise me if Music actually has some kind of like GC goal to be that first French woman in the classification. But when it comes to Ludwig and, and Cavalli, I think. Ludwig is the likely uh, person in that team that will be hunting for the general classification. She's been relatively consistent in larger mountain finishes. I remember last year in Norway, she got relatively close, but she had that where she tried to follow Van Vleuten a bit too much to the point where she ended up just exploding in the last few kilometers and losing ground that way. I I thought it was between Utrecht Ludwig and Cavalli. This today's performance by Muzic doesn't necessarily change that for me but i think that team has a lot of issues in like combining leaderships we've spoken a lot about combining with triple and cavalli and races and so on and that not necessarily leading to the best results because they end up if they end up in a group together they don't necessarily are com- they're not necessarily compatible in what they do in that group and i feel like that might backfire there but also like you can't just go to a race and have three GC riders that is so backloaded because that race, like I said, is backloaded, which means that you might only figure out on the last two days who of the three is actually your GC leader. And it might be too late by then to change the guard towards having one GC leader, you know? Because, like, let's say the first one drops, you only have, like, two riders left, and then you notice, okay, this one's the strongest, you only have one domestique left then on the final climb, for example. So, I don't know, it's... I've got a feeling it's going to be a bit of a free-for-all at that team when it comes to leadership. I'd go for Music, but let Ludwig and Brown go for the stages in the medium mountain ones or the gravel one. Uh, I think Music pure climbing is better than Ludwig. Not by a huge amount, but she's improving fast and she's French. So there's that sort of added bonus as well. Um, I can't really remember any... Big long climbing performances. I mean, I she's think very. She did was it this year on Valenciana? I remember something at least where she performed just a bit better than Etherpludwig. I think I could be the other way around. Was it this one? Yeah, uh, Vistabella del Maestro, stage three of Valenciana this year. She ended up being uh, after Ludwig, third on the stage. Ludwig was second, and Van Vleuten was first, and that was a rather long climb at the end of a stage. So that's a performance I see there, but you're right. I don't remember as good as a, a long climb performances. And uh, I also think that she's going to be leader when it comes to the Giro Rosa. So combining two leaderships in those bigger races might not be on the menu for her. Yeah. SD works. They got many, 
many riders to go for. They have their own sort of issues balancing those things as well. With Kapeki, she can win almost any stage that isn't a pure mountaintop finish. And then there's Vollering. Mulman seems to want leadership. So they also have a comp- complicated and delicate balancing act to do. But that's all from us today. We've got the rest day tomorrow. Not too much racing on then. And we'll be back on Tuesday with Tour of Norway. Quick recap, although I'll have main highlights on my on the Lantern Rouge YouTube channel. So go and check them out. As well as, of course, the Africa stage, big mountain stage 16 at the Giro. Thanks as always for listening. If you want to give us a review or a rating on podcast players, that helps a lot. Or subscribing on YouTube. And we'll see you with the rest of the recap tomorrow. Ciao.